I mean, it's a pretty gay instrument. I know. I know. I mean, <laughs> the most phallic one might argue. The most phallic one. Well, yeah, I would say the clarinet is maybe a bit more because you actually put it in your mouth, right? The That's flute, true. you're kind of That's playing. <laughs> you just kind of tease the flute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God. What are we saying? Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where I stand next to the highway in my shortest skirt and stick out my thumb until someone drives me to the nearest court of law. That's right. Every episode, I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. We have a big episode for you today. It is big. But first, I have some big news. I am thrilled to announce, can you hear it on my voice? That's my thrilled voice. I am thrilled to announce my first You Made Me Queer live show. Yes, everything you love about the podcast, uh, my grating voice, my shiny head, which you can't see, but you picture my poor posture, all of those things are coming to you in a new live visual format. This show will be at Toronto's famous comedy venue, Comedy Bar, on Thursday, December 2nd at 8 p.m. I'm going to be there, of course, because I'm a somewhat integral part of this program, and my guest will be one of the stars of CBC's hit comedy, sort of, Amanda Cordner. Everyone is talking about sort of right now. It is incredible. Everyone is talking about Amanda, uh, but Amanda is so much more than just a performer and a TV star and an actress. She is a queer retributionist. Uh, so come hear what made her queer live in person from her mouth. We'll also be playing a very special interactive edition of Queer, Queerer, Queerist. Interactive. You can participate. There will be prizes. Who doesn't love a prize? It's going to be great. Seating is extremely limited because of COVID protocols. So if you want to come, I recommend you buy your tickets as soon as possible. You can do so at comedybar.ca. Click on shows, select the Bluer Street location. There are two locations. This show will be at the Bluer Street location. And then click on the show on the calendar. You Made Me Queer live. Thursday, December 2nd at 8 p.m. I will also have the amazing You Made Me Queer Season 1 poster designed by Okushi Yuji on sale. You may have seen it on our Instagram. I've been doing this show in a vacuum for almost an entire year now, and I am so excited to do it in person and do it with you. This is sounding hot, but really, honestly, uh, I hope to see you there if you are a stan of the show in Toronto. It's going to be one you do not want to miss. So get your tickets. They're only 10 bucks, please. What have you been saving your money for? If not this, come look into my old bloodshot eyes and apologize before you put me and my career to sleep. 
And also to celebrate, I'm going to be releasing weekly episodes leading up to the Comedy Bar show. That's right. Season two has been bi-weekly. We are going back to season one, all you can eat feed tube, if you will. Picture a feed tube full of the podcast. That's truly sick. And um, and you're going to get a weekly episode leading up to then. It's kind of like an advent calendar for um, the Judeo-Christians amongst us. Where you get, uh, is that Judeo-Christian? You get pieces of chocolate slowly gorging yourself leading up to the main event. Or in a non-Christian context, perhaps we can say it's like a trail of breadcrumbs leading you into um, a candy-covered house where your grandmother lives. Except in this case, your grandmothers are me and Amanda Cordner, which actually sounds amazing. And we're so proud of the person you've become. Also, moving on, we have... Mail. So we are going to revive the mailbag segment of this episode. That will be after my conversation with my guest. So don't forget, stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss that. But for now, let's get to it, shall we? My guest today is Barbeda de Barbades. Do you know Barbeda? Oh my god. Yes, French, Barbadian, Canadian, queen of my heart currently starring on OutTV's drag reality competition TV show, Call Me Mother. Have you been watching Call Me Mother? Have you been watching? We're two episodes in. That stuff is hot, 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 and by hot, I just mean great. It's great. Barbada is a star, and you're going to get to hear a very special, one-of-a-kind conversation with Barbada today. So let's learn more about Barbada from her Wikipedia page. In my most collegiate voice. Barbeda de Barbades is the stage name of Sebastien Potvin, a Canadian drag queen most noted as one of the drag house mothers in the first season of the reality competition series Call Me Mother. Yes, recently, but so much more than that. Potvin, aka Barbeda, first began performing in drag when they entered the 2005 Star Search drag competition at the legendary Cabaret Mado in Quebec. Barbeda did not win the first time, but who wins the first time? That's so basic. You gotta make it look like work. So Barbada entered again in 2006 and won mic drop. She continued to perform regularly in drag at Mado, becoming one of the club's regular headliners and eventually winning Rita Bega's Mix Fierté pageant in 2017. Oh, have you heard of Rita Bega, a little bit of a Canadian Quebecois superstar who exploded on Canada's drag race? Oh yes, we're amongst royalty everywhere we look. In 2017, Pavin participated in Il Déjour, Elle de Nuit, an Ici Art TV documentary. When I speak French like that, I'm being silly. I can do better and you deserve better. But bear with me. Uh, this documentary series was about drag queens alongside the aforementioned Rita Bega, Gabby, Lady Boom Boom, Lady Punana, and Tracy Trash, which is a real great name that just front loads what you're going to get. Also, fun fact, Barbeda is not just a drag superstar, but an elementary school music teacher and a professional flautist. And how many amongst us can say that? Raise your hand. One, two, three. Only three of you. Three flautists. And Barbeda is one of them. This conversation was a total joy. Barbeda is so honest and present and very thoughtful and funny and silly and really took the relay baton that I clumsily handed to her and uh, ran with grace to complete the next lap if we want to use a sports metaphor which always quite frankly makes me uncomfortable 
But here we are. I hope you love this conversation. I was such a fan of Barbada before talking to her, and now I am a super fan. And you will be too. So please enjoy my conversation with the one, the only, Reine de Macor, Barbada de Barbades. I feel like anyone loosely affiliated with the arts is going to come out of COVID with a ring light and some weird microphone and maybe a green screen. Yep. All of the three, all of the above. I've uh, purchased all of the above. <laughs> the holy trinity of being a YouTuber. <laughs> exactly. That's perfect. Exactly. Oh no. So well, what have you green screened? Tell me everything. Well, I don't know. I have a lot of green screen. I've, I've mostly just used like a background of myself, of Barbada, which is basically just a... Um, a shower curtain that I had made <laughs> with my face. Yes. Like your face <laughs> repeated. Terrible. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's funny. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and then po in a post-COVID world, you bring that, it's your own step and repeat. You just throw down a red carpet. Yeah, exactly. You can uh you can do I actually have two, so I can even like maybe sell one is if like you know, a really big fan wants to take their shower. Yes. With me watching them take a shower, then they can do that because I have a shower curtain in my face. And that's the only way. That is not a drag service you offer to watch someone shower. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what's on the table. <laughs> I mean, listen, who knows? Who knows? Dire straits knows? may be coming. You never know. Well, you know, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, right? So I mean, listen, who's to judge? Will I watch you shower? Absolutely. Absolutely. Put the money on the dresser and let's get started. Yes, exactly. Well, here we are. So where are you? We've already gone south. Where are you joining me from? Are you in Montreal? Yeah, I'm in Montreal right now. I'm in my place in Montreal. Beautiful. And you, uh, you're kind of a born and raised Montrealer. Actually, not entirely. I was born in Quebec City. Ah, Quebec City. But okay. uh, moved to Montreal when I was three years old. So basically been living here pretty much all my life in the suburbs yeah. of montreal however like on the south shore mm. um but i've been uh, i've been living in montreal uh, for seven years now beautiful montreal is such a great city it is quebec city as well two torontonians quebec city is where you have to speak french yeah yeah absolutely yes where's montreal i mean you will try to speak french and people will cut you off and reply in english <laughs> exactly they'll understand you're struggling and they'll be like you know what i have to practice my English. So let's just switch to English anyway. So yeah. <laughs> See, that's what always happens. And yes, we're both fortunate to speak a language that is so widely used throughout the world. But the problem with being a competent English speaker is it's hard to learn other languages because people keep going, no, 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 you're working too hard. I'll just speak in English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. We could do the whole thing in French if you want to practice. I don't mind. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> oh, that's actually pretty good. What? Thank you. Thank you. I actually wow. have studied French as an adult. So Okay. Well, no, that's really good. Like, I mean, not like, to brag or anything. <laughs> But you're, I mean, as you said, we'll speak in English. Okay, let's go yeah. in English first. We favorite. can go a bit of Spanish if you want to. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Why do you speak Spanish? I actually learned Spanish for uh, a Guatemalan, um, for a trip to Guatemala that I did uh, at the end of college. Oh, wow. I did um, a program, you know, exchange program kind of uh -huh. with a, a family over there. So I, I spent the month uh, in Guatemala, like in a real Guatemala. How do you say it in English? Guatemalan. Guatemalan. Okay. Mm -hmm. Family, you know, living their life yeah. and getting to see. And, you know, it was a whole program, part of my college studies. So 
We had a uh, for a whole year. We had um course classes and courses uh, uh, more directed towards um, third world countries. You know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, listen, Guatemala is the real deal too. It's such an amazing place. Oh my God! Yes. Were you in Antigua? Yes, I was all over the place actually. Where our family was near Quetzaltenango, but then uh, after our month there, we were able to stay a few weeks or like. The number of days we wanted to basically and i stayed there for two and a half weeks more really traveling as a tourist now at that time and then um seeing the whole country which was amazing seeing tikal uh, those guatemalan civilization you know maya civilization yeah yeah runes and just being in the middle of the jungle and hearing those monkeys yell and just those monkeys scream and all those animals and feeling you know like i'm in the middle of nowhere right now Oh yeah, uh, and you just have this huge pyramid in front of you. It's it's, it's fascinating. I would go back anytime. Do you know what's funny? I just before yield COVID hit us. One of my sort of I'm, I'm a Sagittarius, and so I always have like 20 plans ready to go. Okay, like burner phones and everything. But I was like, oh, I want to go because I've been to Guatemala a few times with work, and I was like, I want to go there and study Spanish because it's such a great place and like touristy. In a very specific area, and apart from that, not touristy, mm -hmm. which is really refreshing. Yep. And I will say about monkeys, I would say probably one of, it's like the koala, one of those animals that we've decided is cute. But in actual, if you're ever actually alone with a monkey, <laughs> like it's a terrifying moment. <laughs> they will claw your you're face right. off. <laughs> you're right. It's a small, it's a small human, right? Or yeah. we're big monkeys, whatever you want to see it. But, <laughs> but, um, and it's, it's terrifying sometimes you're right I, I i totally agree yeah. uh, but no it was it was it's it's so especially when they're in their natural habitat you know it's not like a oh yeah a domestic monkey or something you know you could see here in the city or anything it's just like you're in their house a hundred percent it is not like um did you i don't know if this this incredible news reached you in la belle provence but we had this thing called the ikea monkey what is that no i, I didn't hear about that okay get ready for toronto at its bougiest so <laughs> this very rich woman had a pet monkey named darwin i think it was a macaque but i'm not sure anyway she would this was like her child she would dress it up in clothes and she took it okay so that's the beginning then i'm going to jump ahead people find suddenly this monkey wandering the ikea parking lot in etobicoke oh my god but the best part the monkey is wearing a sherlane fur coat like what what is this monkey in a fur coat so it was all over the newspapers oh then they find this woman comes forward oh yes that's my son darwin i'm not sure if she used the word son but basically she's like yes this is my child i dress him up and we go to, you know to places what? yeah and what? this monkey so that was in that was a monkey in a human's house where he looked like google these pictures you know when you put a dog in clothes or little booties and yep. it looks humiliated yeah this monkey yep, knew this monkey was full of shame <laughs> the ikea monkey that's hilarious <laughs> oh my god the ikea yeah. monkey the ikea monkey so my point being that's a monkey that's not dangerous to be around well i I think it's more dangerous for the monkey, actually. But you're right. If you're alone <laughs> with a monkey in the jungle, the Guatemalan jungle, I would have an escape plan. And it seems like you did, because here you are. Well, uh, oh, it was amazing. It was just, but, 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 yeah, I had. Don't worry. Like I had. You survived. Group. I survived, and you know, I had a group <laughs> with me and everything. But 
I remember going there because I went twice, right? Oh, great. I went one time in 2003, the, what I was telling you about. And then three years later, I went back. I wanted my mom to see this. And I was wondering what to offer her for Christmas. And I'm like, you know what? Go back to Guatemala. We, went, we didn't go back to Guatemala during Christmas, but I offered her the plane tickets at Christmas, right? Awesome. And uh, so we went in May for two weeks and doing a, a backpacking all over the country, kind of oh. like what I did. The first time, three years before that. Mm-hmm. But um, the the weird, really weird thing, go, I remember going there in those little white vans, you know, is you drive there and then you see those, you know, those si- those road signs. Here we have like deers, uh, you know, crossing or, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there you just drive by and you see one really quickly and you're like, did I see that correctly? And then you see another one further and you're like, that's. How do you say or a guepard, uh, a jaguar, a jaguar? Oh, you know, they, so uh, they have like jaguar crossings. Yes, exactly. <gasps> so you're like, you know, here you're like used to to seeing those those deers on oh, on those signs, but that was well, it wasn't a jaguar. It's not the exact, but you know what I mean. It's, it's yeah, a, like a a big cat, a big big cat. <laughs> That's not a tiger though. That's but no, not... anyways, it's it was it's just amazing. You're like, wait a second, if we. I don't know, get a flat or something and we have to get out of the car. Yeah. We have to be where <laughs> those jaguars. I'm like, it what? shows you how, like, talk about domestication, how in Canada, like obviously in the wilds of Canada, there are all sorts of things, yeah, bears of course, of and, and coyotes and whatever. Yeah. But generally speaking, if you're close to a city, it's fine. Yeah. But yeah, no, there it's like you gotta know squirrels and raccoons and <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> Although I don't know about Montreal, but raccoons in Toronto, those things will also eat your face off. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're yeah. huge. They are huge. Oh, no, yeah. no, don't mess with them. And they're not and afraid. No, no. I remember, like, uh, there's a lot of them on the Mar- Mount Royal here, um, where you can go there all in, the, you know, the garbages and they they have those garbages, like, with a, how do you say it? Anyways, enclosed or stuff like that. But you you open the garbage and you're like, there's full of them in it. There, There's like three, four, five, a whole family of raccoon, of raccoon in the garbage. And they're like pissed that you're disturbing. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's that the best disturbing. part. They don't look at you like they're caught. They look at you like, yeah, can we help you? And you're like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm, please continue. Yes. <laughs> that's exactly it. Well, I actually, I think, Barbada, this might be the perfect segue because we're talking about turning the tables. We're talking about retribution and power structures and struggles. <laughs> so let's move on to queerness, which epitomizes all of those things. Yes, absolutely. So here you go. So, you know, when you and I were growing up in our respective uh, provinces, speaking our respective languages, we did not know because of the limitations of science, what could make you queer. But we knew we, you know, we saw in the newspaper, we saw on TV, something was making people queer. (laughs) Something was making people queer? Well, you know what I mean? People were so nervous. They were like, if you wear pink clothes, like the lovely sort of Mm. uh, cantaloupe chemise you have on or things like that. People were, you need to be careful. You can't listen to this music or you can't dance uh, in a certain way. So so now we know, having grown up, that everything was making us queer. It wasn't (laughs) just those things. It was everything. Uh, But the good news is, that now we are established adults who can afford our own green screens. Thank you very much. Our own shower curtains. (laughs) And so we are in a position of power now to blame those things. We're in control. So I want to give you an opportunity, Barbada, basically, and ask you the question to point the finger of blame. Who and or what, Barbada, made you queer? Mm. Um, 
I would say TV. <laughs> all of TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of TV. No, of course, a few episodes on TV. I remember on my 16th birthday or close to my 16th birthday, I um I was watching Queer as Folk, the uh, British version. Oh, the British one. Okay, me too. Yep. And uh, I, I think in that episode or like I didn't watch the whole thing, to be honest, but I, I remember watching parts of it and and in that episode um one of the main character was celebrating his 16th birthday obviously he was in 16 i mean that the actor was probably like 25 or something yeah. but you know how it is <laughs> so technically in the story he was 16 and i'm like wow he has such a different life than i do right now you know he's partying and he's he's all over the place and i'm at home at my mother's place obviously living mm-hmm. in my mother's place and like i have a few friends but I don't think any of them is, are queer or gay or any, any. So I'm like, you know what? In the end, I think I might, I need to, I don't know. It just gave me that little step I needed to go towards my queerness, I guess, or accept my queerness a bit more. Was it when you thought that, was it like, I need a queer community? Like, did you imagine yourself doing that alone? Or were you like, oh, I need my little sort of bevy of folks? Oh my God, that's a good question. I don't think I... I thought about it that much I don't know Mm. like I don't I I didn't think about the the process really of how I was going to get there I just thought that "Hmm, I'm having a very different life than than he is right now which obviously was you know a story it was an actor it was uh, it was tv right but Mm -hmm. still um I, I was guessing that a few people might have that kind of life so then I discovered um I discovered internet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. well, no. I mean, it came in my life, you know, early into that. But still, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, was it ICQ and MIRC at that time? Yeah, we're, I think we're just around the same age where we, it was sort of early internet frontier. Yeah. when, like, yeah, you had weird things you could chat on that were like yep. felt very, it felt like you were in an alley. It was like a digital alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. And uh, yeah, so all those things combined made me um, realize that, well, there, there was a village. Well, well, wait, hang on. Let's go back to these ICQ and, and chat rooms. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Who were yeah. you talking to? How did you find these people? Oh, my God. I don't even know. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember at all. And it's not at all like today, right, You where you can actually see the person you're talking to. That was just a conversation. Yeah, you were just typing. Like, we didn't even really have emojis. It was just no, like no. Ca- <laughs> characters. Yeah, exactly. It was just... <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And you know, you'd be like, um, ASV, is that it? Or in French, it was ASV, A- which oh, is it was uh, ASL, age like sex. age, sex, oh, location. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing here ASV, uh, age, sex, and ville for, uh, yeah. the, you know, where you come from. Anyways, so um, that was basically the, the only information you'd get. Then a few words, and then poof, the person would leave. Or you just, it would, oh my God, it was so, it was another era. It was, and it, it feels like, a uh, hundred years ago. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> and so like to funny. people listening who grew up post that, who grew up, you know, with like iPads and iPhones and things, yeah, yeah, yeah. it truly must sound like record players or black and white TVs yep. or like, but yeah, yeah this was cutting edge technology. And you, it was like the golden age of the catfisher because <laughs> you didn't have to be on video or show a picture or use your voice. Whatever you typed was the story. The story, exactly. And you, you, you have no idea who you were talking to. Yes. Um, and Did you ever meet any strangers from that? I think I did, actually. I 
think I did. I can't remember who. Like obviously, or sure. they they remained strangers, obviously. But I can't <laughs> yeah. remember who. But no, they def- I definitely. I remember meeting having someone come over. Yeah. Oh, to your place, to your mom's place. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Was she home? <laughs> Was she home? I think. Well, I had my room. You know, the, the, my yeah. our house was very different. Uh, we were two people living in the. I'm gonna say pretty big house for two people. It's just, uh-huh. just a house in the suburbs, but still, like we could easily have been a family of six, and we would be okay, you know. So Ooh, wow. we were only two, right? So I had the whole basement for myself, and it was a very different, you know. So uh, inviting people over wasn't that much of a problem. You could just kind of sneak them in. Yep, yep, yep. And I've Hey-o. done it a few times. Oh my god. <laughs> That's uh, well, I'm glad because that also, although inviting someone straight, a stranger straight to your home. I mean, of course, now we have grinder and things like that. But at least then you usually see some kind of picture. Yeah. Were you ever nervous about who you were letting in? Oh, my God. Yes, of course I was. Right. Of right. course I was. And I was nervous that my mom would find out. And I was nervous that. And uh, I mean, obviously, she, she probably knew. Or she, I mean, we've all been, you know, teenagers or something yeah. like that. But no, no, of course. I And I remember sneaking out also, which is funny because it's totally different from like the whole person that I am right now, uh, meaning that, you know, I, I wasn't sneaking out to go drink with friends or do drugs. I've never done drugs and I don't drink alcohol. I was just sneaking out to to go party basically because that's what I wanted to do and to dance. find your queerest folk people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> to find those queerest folk people and not, not just to party like people normally party, like I said, doing drugs or getting wasted or whatever. It was mm-hmm. really just about just meeting new people and getting to know the community that I had basically never, never, like, like I said, I was in the suburbs. It's not like I was living downtown where I was meeting lesbians and gays and queer people all the time. It was, I was in the suburbs. I mean, I don't think the only two people I knew were my neighbors in front, one of my friends in front and then the neighbor next door. So that, that was it. That was all of it. It was a different a very different life from what I'm living now. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. But I know what you mean too, because at that time there was even not, you know, doing anything or or having any agenda, just at that age, meeting a person, if you're the only queer or gay person or whatever that's existed in your universe to your understanding, yeah. to meet someone else who says, Yeah, I'm gay too, like you just want to sit there and stare at each other and be like, oh, you're real. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's 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 what it was really i mean i knew i was gay at 16 and mm. but i didn't have any like i was still in 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 i was still in high school well i finished high school at 15 so i started college at 16 so you know going from high school to college all oh, right right this is sort of in the french school system yes right. exactly so it's a bit different but i like finished, lycée uh no no that's that's french french oh, like okay. in quebec it's more like high school or école secondaire ah, okay. then you go to cégep which ah, cégep of course cégep college exactly so yeah when i went to cégep or college um that's when I started to see other gays, you know, and like they were out, they were out. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes they were a bit older than me, obviously, because I had skipped my sixth grade. So I was a year younger than everybody. Oh, no big deal. Smarty pants. (laughs) (laughs) A different story, whole different story. But yeah, so it was, it was, um, it was new and very shock. I wouldn't say shocking, but you know what I mean? Very, yeah, it was, it was shocking in a bit, in a way uh, to meet people that are, like I said, older than me, but also just out and very comfortable with their 
homosexuality. And, you know, I was studying in music uh, in college. Ah. So in music and social social sciences. So I did both. Oh, okay. Music like an instrument or? or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, because that's what I teach. I am a music teacher. Of course. What instrument? Uh, the, the flute. Oh. Yep. I mean, yep. it's a pretty gay instrument. I know. I know. I mean... <laughs> the most phallic, one might argue. The most phallic one. Well, yeah, I would say the clarinet is maybe a bit more because you actually put it in your mouth, right? The That's flute, true. you're kind of That's playing. But, but, you just kind of yeah. tease the flute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. What are well, we saying? Well, Here we are happening. going south again. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, that was that was very. Um, it, it was a. It's a very gay instrument. Let's face it. And there was a lot of gays in the music department, and uh, a lot of queer people. Um, so, and even in the, in the social science area, also a lot of mm. people very out and very just very peace and love. I would say, you know. So yeah, it's a, it was very very different for me. Uh, yeah, and all that, like I said, even two years before becoming an adult, I was 16 at the time. That's wild, because then you were suddenly, I mean, not only did you share interests with those people, but you found a crew in that way who shared Mm -hmm. your sexuality, or a lot of social scientists folks uh, strive to be, you know, woke and liberal. So even if they weren't queer themselves, they were probably really supportive of you. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't obviously the same thing as it is today. It, It has evolved a lot in those uh oh my god it's 20 years it, it has but we're both still 21 so that math doesn't make sense yeah no exactly 21 yeah. come on let's face it. <laughs> please I'm please not, not a day we're 19 look at the spin. <laughs> exactly thank you that's what the, that was about to say so no seriously i i i uh it it has changed a lot but it was already and we were in the really um very woke uh college uh we were the first to go on strikes yes uh, very french yes very french go on strike as <laughs> soon as there was there was um there were two colleges that would be like the leaders of those things there were uh Cégep's Vieux Montréal which is really downtown mm-hmm. uh and then my my college which was Cégep Saint-Laurent who were like right after as soon as you know Vieux Montréal would vote for their strike uh we'd go on <laughs> You're strike like us right too. afterwards yes exactly <laughs> and both so I wasn't really in favor of those strikes to be honest I was a very you know I was there to study and very I would say disciplined mm-hmm. um student and I guess things have changed a bit. I would be definitely more supportive supportive of those strikes now. But anyways, a lot of a lot of things changed. Yeah, and also plus you skipped a grade, so you're like, guys, I can't slow down now. I got, pl- I got a drag career to start. Come on, <laughs> exactly. let's move it exactly. along. <laughs> you made me queer. We'll be right back. And now back to more. You made me queer. I am aware that we did skip TV. I mean, you did say queers. Oh, we did say queers folk. Was that the only show? No, there was another show called, it was in French called Sortie Gay. Okay. Uh, that was on, well, obviously it was in French. It was a French uh, network. And um, yeah, it was hosted by a, um, a queer uh, gay actor who was basically, it was, um, it was more of um it wasn't reality TV. Uh, it wasn't a sitcom or anything. It was really like real people. I don't know, kind of like a magazine. You know what I mean? Like uh, where they yeah, would yeah, go yeah, yeah. just to meet people and uh, talk about events that were happening uh, in oh, the village. Cool. They were, you know, actually filming people in the village and sometimes doing vox pop yeah, in yeah, the for village. Sure. And I actually got to see the village and know 
its existence uh, through that show. That is really cool. How old were you when you saw this? Uh, about, I, I guess, around the same time, also, like wow. 15, 16. I'd have to, I would have to check like when that uh, series was out. But like I said, it wasn't. It was a TV show, but it wasn't a series, you know? Was- yeah, yeah. I think we had things like We Have Much Music is our was our music station. And we had kind of similar things sometimes where like they go out in the street or like talk about clubs or music that was happening. Yeah. But we didn't have anything, to my knowledge, explicitly queer coded at that time. Okay, well, that was very, very gay. It was like yeah. the name, like I said, is Sorti Gay. Sorti gay. Uh, and see, I'm looking at it right now and it, it aired from... 1998 to 2003 so how old was i at that time yeah about those days so everyone was in like silver puffy jackets and mod robes (laughs) (laughs) take us there yeah (laughs) yep yeah exactly but i'd be i'd be interested to to watch it again and see you know see how it how it evolved right how what would that look like now i I mean i think people should reboot and barbados the host is my pitch (laughs) i would love that for sure (laughs) please attention networks yes absolutely (laughs) oh yes definitely that would that would absolutely be my kind of 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 show um I would love to do that, yes. And I love that. I think that's really interesting, too, because you have these two poles uh, during your TV experience. You have Queer's Folk, which is larger-than-life, fictionalized clubs and sort of social. And plus, that takes place in Manchester, which is pretty different from Montreal. And (laughs) most people were white in that show, if my memory's correct. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. on the other hand, we have Sorti Gay, which was very... It was real. Yeah. How nice you had that compliment and not just growing up with this fantasy of gay culture yeah no exactly no i actually saw the real thing actually is what like i said made me realize that there was a village right and i'm like oh this is what is going on you know that's that's actually something that that is happening near my place and that's when i started to eventually go out in the village even though i wasn't allowed because i was right right because wait drink your drinking age is famously a year younger than Ontario and the other provinces is 18, yeah? It's 18, but it's I not was 16. going out. It's not 16, no. But I was tall. I was, and you know, those were, I guess, more liberal times. And I guess they weren't checking as much. <laughs> They're like, you know what? You look like you're 18. Just come in. And I went into several bars several times. Were you scandalized? Were you shocked? Or did it all feel okay? Um. Oh, my God. I think I was just, no, I wasn't shocked. But I was definitely happy to see to see people, to meet people, to just be in the village. Uh, it's always the same thing, right? You you discover this new thing, then you get too much of it <laughs> yeah. in a few years, in a, in a short period of time, and then you get tired of it. You're like, oh my God, I'm so sick of the village. And then eventually you get a balance where, okay, you know, there's the village, but there's not only the village. Let's try yes. to see other yes. stuff, other places, other uh, ways to meet people. So yeah, those were, you know, uh, my young adulthood. And because you've gone on to become a superstar queen, do you remember the first time you found a queen in the village? Um, do I recall the first time? I don't think I remember the... the or like, maybe one that made was. an impact on you. Well, obviously, the one that made an impact was was Lolita, who was, you know, a, a, a pretty big name also in the village. Mm-hmm. Not for long. She didn't do drag for long, but but had you know shows and stuff like that and who who basically invited me to dance for her for her shows as a go-go yeah exactly, for, exactly. I, yeah i'm a go-go dancer alumni as well 
solidarity. Oh, really? oh, okay. Yeah. For Safonda Cox in Toronto. Hey, Safonda. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So, no, I, that's how I started, actually. And, and I was... Uh, I was 20, wait a second. No, I was, I was, oh my God, I was 20. I wasn't even 20 yet. I was 18. Right. Yeah. Amazing. I was 18 and I started dancing with drags and just because that's what I loved. That's why I was going out, you know, the club and stuff like that. I was just, just to dance. Yeah. I love the music. I love the party. But like I said, I wasn't going out to drink. I wasn't going out to like meet my friends, because I didn't have a lot of those, you know, mm-hmm. I met new people in the village and stuff like that, but that wasn't the main goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't do drugs or anything. So I was going out to dance. So of course, Lolita, she spotted me right away and saw me dancing. And she was like, you need to dance for me. And oh my God, I love that you got talent scouted. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's what it was. That's, that's, that's exactly what it was. Okay, uh, I thought Moss. at first, I thought at first it was just, you know, a tactic to get my phone number. But obviously, <laughs> no, it didn't. That's not what it was. So. And did you, I mean, you were already a flautist. So we know you like to perform a little bit. Yeah. But was it, did like doing go-go and stuff like that where you're not the main event? How did that feel? Like, how did you start crossing over into, no, I want to be in the spotlight. I like people watching me. Actually, someone just convinced me to do one of the, the contests. A drag and, contest. Uh, a drag contest. And yeah. to go on that other side of the force and just become become the main the main event, which was, in my opinion, just for fun. Yeah. For the first time I did it. And I think I think a few drags I know had the same pattern, you know, in the same mm-hmm. way they started either in a contest just just for fun, doing it once. Uh, sometimes it was for Halloween or sometimes it was for a contest or whatever. And just being like, you know what, it's this one time. It won't happen again. But eventually, it turns out to happen again and again and again. Yeah, here you are. <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny to, I mean, tell me if this was your experience, because we're learning publicly and sort of socially learning a lot about gender and making, I think, improving sort of our cultural consciousness and social consciousness about gender performance and what mm-hmm. the weird ways we've coded things like makeup or dresses or things yeah. that were very forbidden for cis male folk or people who identified as male or whatever because i remember there being a conversation amongst the this is also dumb now but like a certain kind of a certain group of gays who were like oh i've i've never done drag and that was sort of like a badge of honor like not even for halloween really? like the idea of doing drag for the first time felt like quite a stepping into new terrain for some people uh-huh. you know that like hyper mask bullshit but did you have any hang-ups about doing drag for the first time? Did it feel like you were making a big step? Um, oh my gosh. Um, it's so long ago that honestly, I I don't recall any of those of anything like that happening to me. Good. I was just I was just happy to be on stage. Um, <laughs> yeah, just look at me. Exactly. And <laughs> like I didn't obviously didn't have the self-confidence I have today. So when some people, you know, when people applaud you, like applaud you and you're like, wow, this is is great Mm. but also when people come to see you the same way lolita did yeah and then eventually other people also after they've seen me do a a show you know when people approach you and you're like you know what i I like what you did i want to see like i'd like to have you in my show or whatever you're like wow Mm. this is it's a really big confidence boost you know what i mean and yeah like wow okay so eventually you just you 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 don't really do it because like you want to do it of course but also because like well if that people that person thinks I would be good at doing this and 
okay, let's try it. That, that's been basically my whole, I wouldn't say my whole career, but close to. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you were, you were just you. You were doing your thing yeah. and people were like, I like exactly what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. And I like what you're doing and I want to see it again. So I'm like, okay, sure, let's do this. And That sounds so healthy. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, mystified because I'm like, well, did you not experience any trauma? Like, that's so, what a gr- gorgeous way to be introduced to the queer and drag community. Yeah. Um, no, the, I don't, I don't recall any trauma like that. I don't recall, maybe because, I don't know, I try to focus on the, the positive things and yes. my brain has a, a tendency to maybe try to forget those negative things. Um, but no, I don't recall having any, um, like awful experience. I mean, you, there, we all have had shows that, you know, I remember having a show where there was no one in the audience. Like, no, <laughs> no we started oh, the no. show because we had to start the show because it yeah. was late, but there was no one. Like there was the barman at the end of the bar yeah. and I think the owner was there and that was it. So I was dancing on stage and lip syncing, but I didn't have to because there was no one <laughs> oh in the God. audience, you know? But then again, yeah. that was in a weird, more... Um, recluded place or an older place called Cafe Cleopatra. It's it's downtown, but but it was my, it's much older and uh, it was on the second. It's still there actually, but it's on the second floor of a strip club. So oh, you know, okay, okay. You see kind of the uh, the the ambiance that's there. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> and I love those cringy stories. How hilarious now! Yeah, but at yeah. the time, it's like. I don't, it can be, it can be hard to swallow at a young age too. I guess. But for me, you know what? It was just like, you know what? I'm getting paid to rehearse. Well, it wasn't a huge pay, obviously. Yeah, but still, it, you're right. I'm like, you know what? Let's just do this. It's fun. Uh, and there was a mirror also in the, uh, on the back of the, oh, perfect. the public. So you could see yourself when you were on stage. So you're like, hmm, let's just do this. <laughs> it was like you were watching a drag yeah, show too. It was like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Free entertainment. <laughs> You're like, oh, she's good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, amazing. Okay, so we've I think we've really covered TV now. We had Sorti Gay, we had Queer as Folk. We moved on to uh the village and sort of this queer community that you discovered through your Cegep as well. Yeah. And then uh I mean let's keep this rage hot. Who else can we blame? Who else can we blame? Or what else? I guess afterwards it was just I was going with the flow. I I don't recall Mm -hmm. any other I mean, there's been people in my life, you know, who who gave me opportunities and stuff like that. But oh yeah, it sounds like maybe Lola is someone we can blame a bit too. Lolita, oh, def- sorry, Lolita. Lolita was definitely one of them. And then Dream, uh, who was a very, very big star in the in the village, also a very big name up until 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like everyone saw her as the next Mado, uh, right? yeah, or yeah. as the one to. Re- Place meadow and everything um her career went south and her life went unfortunately south but but that at, at the time she was like the shit oh, wow. so she she she's the one who came to see me and said you know what i like what you did in drag and i want you to do it again that's great okay sure that's crazy that's that's really great so i uh, actually barbada exists because of those two people, for sure. Oh, um, that's really nice. I don't even know what would have happened if I never, if I hadn't been introduced to the world of drag through Lolita. Yeah. And then if I hadn't continue doing it after that one single time I thought was a unique time, you know, unique time at, at, at Meadow, that one single time. Uh, if Dream hadn't come to me and said, you know what, I want to see you again on stage. 
Hey, that's true. Hey, because imagine that first time when you're like, I guess I'm going to try this. If it had been a total train wreck, that might have been it. It could have been it. You're absolutely right. Or it could have been great and no one would have seen it or come to me and talk to me and be like, or try to uh, pursue me to, to keep going. And it would have been that one time. I have no idea. Maybe right now I, we wouldn't be talking to each other. Uh, I mean, I would that's be... right. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Imagine if everything was different and we weren't having this podcast conversation. Exactly. Or I would wow. maybe have two kids right now, uh, be taking care of my kids who were, I don't know, in, in school or whatever. It would be Drag babies. a whole different life. Whole different life. So yeah. We'll leave that to Gwyneth Paltrow and the sliding doors of the world. But instead, <laughs> here we are, and I'm so happy about it. So I guess if we've covered everything, I will move you on to the final chapter of our conversation, which is, Ooh, yes. would you like Barbeda to play a game? Oh my God, of course. Uh, I love games. <laughs> good, I was hoping <laughs> yes. you'd want to. Okay, yes. so this game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist. Queer. Ooh, okay. It's very difficult to say, even in French. So here are the rules. I'm going to give you three things. I need you to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Okay, so things or people? I mean, that has yet to be uh, revealed. (laughs) But you, according to whatever makes sense in your brain, put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. You ready? Okay, let's do this. Okay. Okay, thing number one. The Disney Vault. The Disney Vault, okay. So, you know in commercials when they say, buy Beauty and the Beast until December 10th before it goes back in the Disney Vault. And you're like, (laughs) what is this Disney Vault? So that's thing number one. Okay, Okay, perfect. What is it? Uh, Thing number two, tiny homes. Ooh, okay. So it's very trendy. People are like, Mm -hmm. look, I live in 10 square feet. Uh, I'd sleep in a drawer, that kind of thing, like this tiny okay. home craze. Tiny okay. apartments, tiny homes, whatever. Yeah. Thing number three, which is, I will explain, yeah. a German word. It's one of those words that people say can't be translated into English. Okay. So this idea, and excuse my German pronunciation, is basically when you have like a back and forth with someone, kind of like an argument, and they win, they have the upper hand. Okay. But then later, you think, ah, mm-hmm. you think of the perfect response you should have said, but it's too yep, late. Yep, yep, yeah. Okay. That so yeah, it's that feeling so of like, okay, yes, so that, oh my God, I can So relate. it's the feeling that the word is actually the feeling that you feel when you're, you think about that conversation later and you're like, now I know what I would have said. Is that? Yes. It's that phenomenon okay. of like having okay. the perfect comeback when it's useless. Well, so <laughs> let's a quick recap. Disney vault, <laughs> tiny homes, Treppenwitz, <laughs> least square to most square and tell me why. I love how um, it's <laughs> so different. You know, I was expecting something in the same line, you know, three okay. things in the same, but they're so different, um, <laughs> which I think makes it maybe a bit easier. Oh, I see. Well, prove it. I would say the least queer, so queer, queer, and queerist. Yeah, yeah. It? Build the suspense. Start with the least queer. Queer, I would say, would be... Um, I think tiny homes because <laughs> um, even though I feel a lot of queer people would embrace that way of, of living because it's very environmentally friendly also. Ooh. And also because it's trendy. And like you said, um, I feel for, for that reason, I feel, yes, some people, some queer people would definitely embrace that style. I, on another hand, I think that it's not, maybe specific to the queer community. So uh, I feel that a lot of... 
yeah, I wouldn't. No, I feel that. Oh my god, this is yeah, it's harder than I thought. So Sorry. like, it's for, no, no, <laughs> but, it's okay. So no. it's for us, but it's not targeted enough. So we're like, mm, yeah. we appreciate the trend, but keep trying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Um, okay. I guess, and I'm only saying that because I know someone who is a drag queen, a colleague who's she's fan, 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 fan of Disney and everything. She went to Disney and brought us all back little figurines or souvenirs that would oh. represent us, you know, as drag queens. So I would definitely put that German word that I won't repeat in second. Oh, so wow. Okay. Yeah. Trappenwitz. Because that is something I, I guess that queer people will be living, I would say, I wouldn't say often, but a few times or maybe often sometimes for some people mm. in their lives. Because, you know, you're in an argument, you're, and sometimes you don't have that self confidence to respond really quickly and not because you know it's not about intelligence or it's not but it's just you don't have that that guts to respond right away uh, okay. and then afterwards you get it and it's happened to me so many times so that's why i would put that in second place that's a good one and then you just call them back and you're like hey remember that thing we were talking about two weeks ago <laughs> well yeah. fuck you <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly except the thing is you never call them back. You know, you never, no, yeah, yeah. you never end you just up. You got to burn with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, definitely the Disney vault would be the queerest. I, wow. I would imagine like opening the Disney vault and seeing so many queer people in there just having the time of their lives. Truly. <laughs> I want to know. I, I really want to know about this vault. Where is it? How big is it? Yeah, How do exactly. you get inside? <laughs> <laughs> Can we go? Is it yeah. like, do you, I don't know. Is that a lottery system? <laughs> you should do, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to manifest it now. You are going to perform at the Disney vault. I want you there. Oh my God. That would be, that would be <laughs> amazing. But no, if I were to perform at the Disney vault, I'm going to be quite honest. I think I would give my place to Marla Deer, who's the drag I was telling you about. Who loves Disney. Such a fan of Disney. Um, I would, she, she has done entire shows of Disney. Amazing. Like entire drag shows where drag queens would be, you know, in all sorts of drags. But we wouldn't be doing the Disney songs necessarily. Okay. You know, you'd have, I don't know, uh, Snow White doing a song about anything something very different but like a, a pop song yeah, you know, yeah but yeah, that yeah. represents right singing like toxic by britney spears or something which he bites exactly, the apple I exactly gotcha. exactly but but even more subtle sometimes than that it was even more subtle than that mm. uh not necessarily just going first degree sometimes it was second degree it was amazing she oh. she has that great vision very artistic of having well i guess it's probably the weed but it's definitely <laughs> i don't know like, how she does it oh yes she smokes a ton of pot <laughs> it's actually true but uh, no definitely sometimes you're like how did you think about that like how did you get to think of that it's genius but like i don't know how you thought about that so yeah, yeah no it's the weed also <laughs> I, interesting because we're talking about the vault like it's this palatial sort of estate with a stage but yeah. realistically because they're like it's going back in the Disney vault. It's probably just a warehouse full of yeah. VHS cassettes yeah, exactly. and spiders exactly. and, um, and exactly. Guatemalan exactly. monkeys Big. <laughs> that are just like, there's like one monkey that yeah. somehow snuck in and is going to claw your face off. Yes, exactly. He's like, this is my vault. Bitch. <laughs> just, <that's laughs> right. There's like a beware of Jaguar crossing sign. You're like, yes, what exactly. the hell is going on? In here? But, but, but he actually, pro the monkey probably wears like 
you know, all of those Disney princess, yes. you know, gowns and stuff like that. He tries them on all the time. He's Drake like, monkey. Today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, I love for sure. That's pretty glorious. Okay, so let's recap real quick. So least queer were, were tiny homes. I think so. Queer were trappenvites, that feeling when you think of the perfect comeback too late. Yeah. And queerest, the Disney vault. Yeah, I think so. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that game. That's really good. Okay, so you said you teach uh, music. You're an academic. So I will look at my academic rubric to see your score. Ba, 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 ba. 100% A+. Plus. Yay! Well done. Thank you. <laughs> and this means that you are, in fact, a queer person. So congratulations. Yes. Awesome. Yay. No, I, I, I definitely identify with the queer, queer community, with, with the gay community, with the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. I wouldn't say everything is perfect. And, you know, I see the flaws of my community. I yeah. see how sometimes we, like, I don't agree with everything that's going on in my community, which is, I think, very healthy. Yes. Uh, not, you know, thinking on your own and having an opinion, even though it's like, I love the community. And, you know, I was listening to um, Flame Monroe. Do you know the, uh, you know, Flame Monroe? She's, um, she's a drag that does basically uh, stand-up comedy. Oh, nice. Okay. Actually, she's a, she's not a drag. She's more of a, a trans uh, woman but it has more of a drag flamboyant aspect to her persona and her, her character mm-hmm. and does tam- stand-up comedy. And she was, you know, arguing in one of her stand-ups about that we have too many letters in the LGBTQ plus and mm-hmm. you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know what? I love my community, but I think we're tripping on the wrong things here and blah, blah, blah. So, and she, she explains it really well in one of her, her said, and I'm like, you know what? That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's what it should be. It's not because you're part of a community that you necessarily have to uh, agree and absorb and just, okay, this is what the community says. Then I should go with that and go with the flow. No, no, you should have your own opinion and you're allowed to your own opinion. If you're able to think about it and, and explain it in a, I would say in a thoughtful and logical way, I guess. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, just like you said before, sometimes you got to step out and go and strike a little bit and it's <laughs> not, you know, uh, an aggressive act, but yeah, I, I like to think, I mean, it's not like this community is like a, a corporation. I mean, we are writing the rules of our community. We are discovering our community every time we get together, yeah, every absolutely. time we discover one another. So absolutely. I think dialogue is a requirement. It's the bedrock of any community, especially a com- community that's often uh, minoritized or, you know, yeah, marginalized. Yeah. And yeah. we have to question our way of, of, of like, we have to question what we're doing. I mean, right now in our community, I feel that it's very, like, it's the LGBTQ plus community. But from what I'm seeing and from what I'm seeing on TV and even in my life, it's a very G, 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 yes. Yes. B, L, T, Q community, you know? So um, I think we need to change that also. I think we need to to make it a lot more inclusive for women um, uh, in our community, either lesbians, trans people, or whatever, queer. Um, I think 100%. I think we definitely need to focus on that. And when I see um, when I see shows or when I do events that are mainly mainly attended by gay men, I'm like. There's something wrong here. They're like, we're mm-hmm, there's something mm-hmm. wrong going on here. This is this is not how it should be. We this should be much more diverse because if we're to put so many letters in our LGBTQ uh, et cetera community, we need 
to see those letters in real life. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Uh, you're so right. Yeah. You're so right. And I think when, unfortunately it seems like this is a recent discovery that, Oh, the white patriarchy has reproduced itself inside the queer community or, you know, yes. yep. because that seems like yep. quite a surprise yep. to some people, but 100%. And if you look back even to Stonewall, you know, 50 years or whatever ago, yeah, it was, trans folk doing a lot of the work and not getting any of the credit and still unfortunately you know a lot of people who aren't able or aren't interested in performing in sort of a definable box which is one of the problems with letters is that we're still asking people to pick you know pick your category stand in your square and i think one of the beautiful things about the queer community and why i like the word queer is it's the definition is supplied by me yeah yeah you're right right which is also why it's hard to explain to someone what queer is yeah because like you know what queer your definition of queer is as good as mine you know you you know what barbada we know i'll tell you what queer is the Disney vault. <laughs> we decided today. That's so, what it is. Yes, before I let you know. go, and I really don't want to because I have loved. Oh my God, that you. is, I'm sorry, but that is perfect. We've hit it. I We've mean, hit it. That's the only letter we need. We need that big Disney D with the sparkles yes, on it. Exactly. Exactly. That's something everyone can get behind. Because the vault, no one knows where it is. No one knows what it is, but we all have an idea of what it would be and what we want it to be. So yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. The queer, queer is the Disney vault. Be the Disney vault you want to see in the world. Isn't that what Gandhi says? It's perfect. Here we are. So before I let you go, uh, anything you want to plug? Oh my gosh. Well, no, well, anything I want to plug. Obviously, um, uh, Call Me Mother yes. coming out uh, October 25th, every Monday uh, on Out TV uh, and on uh, online, you know what? streaming and everything amazon prime blah 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 uh so you you don't want to miss that that's going to be a very very great show i think there's i think we're going to see well first of all a lot more of the letters we were talking about yes uh we're definitely going to see that we definitely see that in the show um we see a lot of very emotional moments very true and genuine and um sincere moments also it is still the you know reality tv which is not reality, let's face it, but uh, it still is a TV show, but it will give you, a, I think, a much better sense of what a drag and drag being an inclusive drag, you know, mm-hmm. community is. Um, and also you want to check out, but that's in French, so you're going to want to rehearse, uh, pra- practice your French. Yes, practice your French, um, people. Uh, a kid's TV show coming out on Two Point TV, which is kind of like our Quebec Netflix. Can I say that? Yeah, like, sure. Um, uh, online, Two Point TV. So a very original, new kid's TV show coming out in February. Don't have the date yet, but February or March. And uh, hosted by me. So the very first drag TV show uh, hosted by a drag queen in Quebec City, a kids' TV show. Yes. That's amazing. Perfect. That's a very, very good project coming up. And it's simply called Barbada, so it's really easy to find. Great. Excellent. Barbada. Great. So really you're cool. all over TV everywhere, and everyone should jump on that. Uh, en anglais et aussi en français. Yep, absolutely. So grab your dictionary, your, uh, what was the, it was Pierre? 
I forget the brand, the one that everyone had. Anyway, grab your Becherel, maybe your little grammar book. Becherel, yeah. Yeah, Becherel. <laughs> yes, and pop yeah. over, enjoy. Um, and yes, please watch Call Me Mother. That's, of course, with Crystal, famous yeah. uh, queens, Crystal and Peppermint, just like astounding performers with houses of drag queens. Yeah. So it's going to give you everything you love about drag yeah. and more. And may I say better, because you just heard this conversation and you know that Barbada is one of a kind. So thank you oh, so thank much you. for coming on. <laughs> thank you so much. This has been an amazing, amazing time. And now the only thing I want to do is go visit the Disney vault. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to meet you there. And I also want to thank you because I was pretty <laughs> queer when this conversation started. But talking to you has made me queerer than ever. Oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Barbada. Take care. Bye bye. Okay, and that is our show, but wait, it's time for Mailbag. Mailbag. That's right. Anytime you want, you can email me at youmademequeer at gmail.com with, quite frankly, whatever you want, your own You Made Me Queer coming out story, rants, maybe complaints about the way I style myself, maybe you're selling a cheap green screen out of the trunk of your car. I'm interested in any of it, is my point. Let's get to today's letter. <clears throat> hey, Trevor. Hi. Besides the whole wanting to be a dancer and being obsessed with old movie musicals and Riverdance as a kid. Oh my God, you remember Riverdance? My mom was obsessed with Riverdance. And fun fact, behind what was then called the Hummingbird Theater in Toronto, after seeing Riverdance, when I went there as a young gay to get my program signed, I saw the actor who played Carlton from Fresh Prince. Anyway, back to Riverdance. <clears throat> So uh, watching things like Riverdance, as a kid, I have a distinct memory of there being a big billboard by one of the restaurants we frequented as a child growing up in Saskatoon. Oh, we got a prairie person. Excuse you and your corn stalk. Uh, it had this really muscular man. This is back to the milk billboard. It had this really muscular man shirtless drinking a glass of milk with the words, got milk. I remember these ads and they were always a bit too hot for TV, if you catch my meaning. Besides him, I used to just stare at it, not knowing what it was about him, but I just wanted to look and drink some milk with him. Yeah, I bet you did, you dirty minx. Now I know why. Thank you for the amazing podcast and all your humor and lovely banter with your guests. Oh, stop. I do it for you. It's my pleasure. Keep it up. And yes, milk made me queer, I guess. Sincerely, Luke. Luke, thank you so much. Listen, those milk ads were dirty as hell. And they knew it at the time. They knew it. But yeah, I mean, a shirtless, muscular man with strong bones? Who doesn't want to jump a fence for that? Please. Yeah, milk made you queer. I bet it made you queer. So again, thank you, Luke. And if you want me to read your letter, person who is not Luke listening, because Luke just had a letter written, you get where I'm going with this. You can send it to youmademequeer at gmail.com. And that is our show. So please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Please don't forget because that stuff still really matters for a young show, which is not a girl, not yet a woman. Somewhere, I'm, I'm thinking of the Britney Spears milk ad. That's where that reference came. She had a milk mustache too. Hashtag free Britney. And again, please buy your tickets too. You Made Me Queer live at Comedy Bar, Thursday, December 2nd at 8 p.m. It's going to be a total smash, I promise, with me and Amanda Cordner. Funny, queer, anger, prizes, 
comedy bar, people, cheap tickets, all the things you love, and someone in attendance will win $3 million. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's not happening. Q Credits. You Made Me Queer is created, produced, and edited by me, Trevor Campbell. Our theme song is by Critty. For more from music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at You Made Me Queer. You Made Me Queer comes out starting now for a little bit every Thursday. So check your podcast dial. You can buy tickets to You Made Me Queer live at comedybar.ca. And from the bottom of my big bent heart, thank you so much for listening to this trash. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault.